Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Floor and Decor. Largest selection of hard surface flooring and lowest prices guaranteed. Hey, William, how are you today? Okay, I'm doing well. Hey, uh, with the way the soil shifts around here, I bought a house over here in Midlothian. Most of it has wood floors, but the restrooms, bathrooms have a tile, and they have begun to crack across the mortar lines and now a couple of the other tiles. And I saw on some building show where they they put in some kind of uh, rubber, like a waffle pad or something, and then they yeah. put the the um, tile over it or whatever yes or yeah now uh there is a little bit of tile up in the attic and i i wanted to know if that's a a good way to go or to come in and can somebody cut those out and put in some of the tiles i already have or should i just take the daggone stuff out and put some other kind of uh, floor again how old a house is it Uh, it's about six years maybe seven Okay, shouldn't be cracking yet. Are you getting any cracks in sheetrock and stuff? I haven't seen any yet. Uh, I have noticed that the the front door on occasion is a little harder to shut than, you know, so yeah, the house has shifted some, yes, sir, but not, yeah. not a great deal. No, well, I haven't well, broken any sheetrock. The, the reason I'm asking these questions, if that house is only six years old, the builder has liability on that foundation typically till it's 10 years old. Okay. And so if there's movement, you want to start getting it looked at sooner than later so that you're well within that 10-year period. Uh, now, back on what you got going on, all concrete cracks by nature. The larger area of tile you have on a concrete foundation, the more likely it is that it's going to get a crack in it. And so, yeah, they do make a, a mat I call it a mat. It's it's really just a basically just a roll of material that they can put down, and then your tile goes over it, and that gives you a space between the concrete, which expands and contracts with temperature and moisture changes, and the tile, which expands and contracts as well, but at a different rate, so that they don't crack each other up. Uh, but in order to put that in, you're basically ripping that tile and starting from scratch so if you've only got a tile or two that are cracking if it was mine i would take those tiles out only and replace them with the ones that you have Uh, but when you put the new tile in they also make a mastic to install tile that has some elasticity to it Uh, use that and that will help compensate a little bit. You know, a lot of tile is put down with just a mortar base, which is actually the way I prefer to do it. But when you get into where you got tile that starts cracking that way, the mastics that they have with that elasticity can compensate for the, a lot of those hairline cracks in the concrete and keep you from cracking the tile again. Very good. Okay, uh, <clears throat> I'll have to try to find somebody that has the expertise to cut that stop by out your that out, uh, yeah stop by your local floor and decor store yep and uh they'll they have contractors list that work in your given area that uh, would be able to do that all right you give me a couple of very good ideas and i appreciate your time sir take care william
Good luck you with bet that. You bet you. Bye-bye. And this is for everybody. If you're in a house that's younger than 10 years old and you're seeing movement, get it documented now. Don't wait. Every day you wait, it makes it that much harder to get the builder to do something. Pamela, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. How can I help you? Thank you. Enjoy your show. Thank you, ma'am. I decided it was time to change the wallpaper in our kitchen. Mm. Um, I I would like to paint if we can get the walls to look good enough. Here's what you can do. Peel off as much as you can peel off and and get it down to, you know, where you can get it. Then if you'll take and paint it with a primer sealer, anything that's still loose that bubbles up can actually be cut off and you, and you can use sheetrock mud to just skim coat it. And you go to where all the joints are, any place where you had to cut anything, every place where there's any imperfections, and you skim coat it with sheetrock mud. Let that dry, primer it again, and now you can texture it, paint it, do whatever you want to do to it. You know, the easiest way to skim coat is mix some water in with the sheetrock mud till it gets like, almost like oatmeal. And use a paint oh, really? roller. Yeah, just use a paint roller to oh, okay. roll it onto the wall. Take a wide sheetrock knife and drag it from top down, and, and you skim-coated the wall. Okay, now do I put the primer, uh, paint primer on before I skim-coat? Yeah, you're going to do it first just to make to get everything that, that the moisture is going to bubble up okay. off of it. And what that primer does, that primer sealer, it'll seal it so that when you put the skim coat on, it's not soaking everything behind it. Okay. And then you'll primer it a second time before you paint it. But after you skim coat it, you know, where you roll it on and drag it and everything, then you'll do a light sanding on it. Use a sponge. A wet sponge does great because it doesn't make uh, any dust. And then you can just start touching up in the areas that need it. With the drywall mud? Yes, ma'am. Yep. Okay. So I sand it with a sponge? Yep. Just use a, a big sponge. Okay. Uh, that's that's wet. And okay. what, th- what that does is it just softens up and takes all the ridges and stuff like that off. It, it does, It's a great way to take care of areas without having to create a lot of dust. Okay. So my first step is... Paint it with primer sealer after I get everything off that comes without too much work. Yep. And then um, skim coat, or do I probably yep. have to patch areas first and then skim no, coat? No, go ahead and skim coat it. Okay. And then uh, sand and then it with the sponge and paint it again. Yep, and well, after you do all your touch-ups, you know, when you're finally finished and happy that it's nice and smooth, that's when you'll primer it again okay all right well thank you very much pamela you got your work cut out for you. <laughs> i do <laughs> thank you <laughs> you're welcome Bye-bye. Okay. ben welcome to texas home improvement hi good afternoon sir uh, i've got a quick question for you i've got a uh, stone walk-in shower that the uh the, the molding has started to mold and so uh, I'm going to peel it up, but I'm on a septic system, and I'm concerned about uh, cleaning and not destroying my septic before I 
put down the new tub of tile. Okay. Well, that's, uh, you, you have every right to be concerned about that because a lot of the chemicals that you would use to clean things thoroughly would harm the bacteria that's in the septic system. So are you putting back uh, bacteria into your septic system on a regular basis? Yes, sir. Once a month, we do the, uh, the Riddix in the box. Okay. Well, what you can expect is after you... First of all, when you do this, plug the drain. Clean it up real good. Take as much of it out as you can without letting it go into the septic. And then okay. after... After you have uh, let it go in whatever's left into the septic and rinsed it out and cleaned it up real good, I actually would give it a week or two and then give it a double dose of the uh, bacteria, the microbes, in order to get it going again. Okay. And other than that, you'll be fine because the septic system is going to dilute it so much that you'll be okay. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. You bet. Take care, Ben. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. Head down to Taylor Lake Village. Hello, Mac. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I'm taking a room, and one wall has about 18 feet of windows on it, and the other one about 8 feet of windows. The 8 feet, I want to remove the windows and frame that in. Would it be worthwhile using, like, the tech shield? Uh under the hardy plank so it has the uh, reflective quality well tech yes a, a radiant barrier is always worthwhile uh, i'm, I'm going to answer it that way now um it's going to depend though on which radiant barrier you use and, and i say that because if you get if you go with a single ply like tech shield uh it needs a dead airspace, and it won't do you any good. Uh, if you go with a multi-layer system with a thermal break in the middle, then it will block the heat transfer. Tech Shield works great uh, when it's got a dead airspace because that's the way that single-ply radiant barrier has to work. But uh, absolutely, it can help. Okay, and on the other side, the, the 18, 20-foot of windows, how much energy would it be saved? Because I really don't want that much glass there, uh, just because of its face of the east and the sunrise coming up. Would I be saving much energy by framing that in and using like 10 feet of glass instead of 18 feet of glass, or would it make that much difference? Well, a lot's going to depend on what you have for glass now. Is it just a single pane glass, or is it a uh, actually a glass pack with uh, argon gas in it and stuff? I'll be having... Uh, Oh, is a tray that does the glass? Oh, yeah. The American? Yep, America's oh, Choice Windows. American Choice, yeah, they did my previous house. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you're going to go with glass like that, I, I've got a patio room that I switched from glass, just single-pane glass, to the, uh, you know, the, uh, the windows from America's Choice Windows. And, oh... I mean, it made a huge difference on the energy efficiency of it. So if you if you like the look of having the glass, which you mentioned you don't, uh, I would definitely say, yes, you could just go ahead and leave it because 
your your glass packs are going to make all the difference in the world. But if you want the look of, of a smaller glass, by all means, choke it down and have more wall space for furniture and such. Okay. Now, does it Thank fit you the, you, you said it faces the east. Does it face the lake, or is it facing uh, something else? It faces the lake, yeah, the lake. Here's, here's the issue if you start taking glass out uh, when you're facing the lake like that. Um, if you ever go to sell the house, the view is the money. Yeah. And so that you're going to have to keep oh, that, that in mind as well. Arnold, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Uh, hello, Jim. How are you? I'm wonderful. How about you? Oh, just just watching it rain. Yep. Uh, I have a question about uh, my shower. Okay. We have we have a shower. It's on an outside wall. Uh, of course, it's tiled and has grout at the bottom, and water is leaking through that grout out on the slab through a weep through the weep hole. And I'm wondering what I can do about that. Well, I'm betting it's probably not uh, leaking through the grout as much as it's probably because all the grout leaks. I mean, it, that's a given. But there is a rubber mat or a lead mat underneath the tile, and that's got to have holes in it. Or the pipe where it goes through the drain is leaking. Uh -huh. It's typically going to be one of those two things. So what's the fix for that? Well, the first is to find out where it's leaking. And what they do to do that is actually uh, plug the water where it exits through the drain and fill the pan with water and see if we start getting a leak. And, and if so, the fix sometimes is you got to actually remove the tile, replace the liner, and put a new, and then redo the, the bottom of the shower. If it is just where the pipe goes through, then they can redo the pipe, and sometimes that can be done from the top without having to tear everything out. It just depends on what type of uh, shower you have and stuff. So do you—how old a shower is this? It's about 10 years old. Okay, so it's got PVC pipes under it then. Uh -huh. uh, and where, the, where it goes through, there's a big nut— and that, if it's not tightened all the way, is where you could be getting a leak. Uh, but, yeah, that typically a plumber can come out and isolate to find what's going on with that. Uh-huh. Okay, well, I appreciate it. I'll call the plumber then. All right. Take care, Arnold. Thank you, sir. Bye. Bye. Let's head over to Orange, Texas. Hello, Jesse. Hey, how you doing? How are you liking this weather? I'm not. <laughs> well, I had a quick question. Um, I, I'm 28 years old, thinking about buying my first house, and uh, I'm trying to figure out what exactly to look for and look at when looking at uh, a house to buy. Okay. You know, like any damages I need to look for, certain certain areas of the house I need to look at before I go ahead and. Well, it, it depends. It depends on the age of the house you're going to buy. Here's a, here's a, some guidelines to help you out. If you're going to buy an older home, and by that I mean something built uh, early 70s or earlier, uh, the original plumbing underneath it, the sewer lines, were cast iron. You're going to want to have a static yeah. test done on those because they're notorious for having leaks, and it's extremely expensive to have them replaced. 
So that would save you a ton okay. of money. Beyond that, always have the AC system checked out, uh, have, have the roof checked, obviously, and, and all that kind of stuff because, again, those are expensive items to have done. And, of course, the foundation, uh, you definitely want to get that inspected. Now, I ran into a situation this week where a home inspector, actually two home inspectors, went out to a, a place and they're now shooting elevations, but unfortunately, they don't know how to read them. And they're thinking because the house had a minus 0.8 on the elevations, which is about three-quarters of an inch, oh, it needed foundation repair. No cracks, no doors out of alignment, no nothing. They're strictly going off the numbers. A slab's not tabletop level to begin with, so you got to have somebody with a, a little bit of sense on looking at that kind of stuff. So I was a little upset having somebody flag something that that looked as nice as this house did and obviously had not been doctored up because it was only nine years old to begin with so uh but the expensive yeah, there, stuff there's a uh, uh there was a house that uh, i was thinking about looking at sometime soon it was built in 1918 but it was moved in uh 1984 they picked up and moved the whole house you think they would have uh replace those pipes everything would have been time. updated everything would have had to been updated to meet 84 code at that time okay so the the electrical should have been updated the the plumbing everything should have been brought up to the 84 code which is at this point an old code as well but yeah all but right you, well you would, i appreciate now, your input on a house looking, on a house that 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 is of that date range the one thing you want to keep in mind, it was originally built with no insulation in it, including the walls. Okay. And insulation could have been added because they can inject foam, they can inject cellulose, things like that into the walls. And the reason that's important is your electric bills, your utility bills, could can be out of this world if there's no insulation in there. So that, that is one thing that you'd want to check into. Well, thank with that, you, sir. You bet. Take care. And uh, I'll talk about that a little bit when we come back here. Now, I was talking about a house built in 1918 not having insulation, and really that happened all the way up into the 50s. It really wasn't until into the 60s that we started heavily, ins I shouldn't say heavily, started insulating homes. And then we started using an R11, where now we're up to using R13 and are 19 in some cases in the walls but the difference that it can make uh on just say a a 2500 square foot house it can make the difference of a 200 dollar utility bill versus a six to eight hundred dollar utility bill so you know a lot of times we start wondering whether we should insulate or not absolutely we should Homes without insulation have outrageous utility bills, and yes, you can have them retrofitted, and yes, it is well worth spending the money to do it. This email came in from Jill, and it says, approximately what is the cost for a 30-gallon gas water heater replacement? Mine is in the garage. Wanted to say you were, oh, classy last week letting people announce their businesses. I was impressed. And we're still doing that. If you got a business and you want to call in and announce that you're working, please pick up the phone and give us a call. More than happy to let you uh, tell us and see if we can't get you some business going as well. 
But a 30-gallon gas water heater, you know, if you get a, a good one, like you'd get at a plumbing supply store, H2O Supply can help you with one. Uh, to have it installed typically depends on what has to be done for the installation. Having it in the garage is actually the cheapest installation you can do, especially if you've got it elevated already. So if it's on the floor, there's going to be some cost in getting it elevated up. But let's say it's already elevated, uh, everything is good and, and in place and ready to go, you're probably still looking at something twelve to $1,800. And why such a variance? All depends on the city limits that you're in. Because the cities are going to require a permit, so what's the cost of the permit? But the other thing is their inspection. Some cities require the plumber to stand there while the inspector comes. Other cities require the master plumber to stand there. Well, all that costs money. And I don't know why they want a, a plumber standing there to begin with, but it all costs money. And so they kind of make the dictation as far as what's going to cost more and, and how much the final bill is going to be on getting that water heater put in. So... All that's taken into account when you're given prices to have one installed. Steve, this is Jim. Welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Thank you, sir. Hey, I got a question about weep holes. Okay. I got a back porch that looks terrible, and I would like to put um, uh, tile, outdoor tile on it. But I'm concerned about um, the weep holes. I'll end up covering up, say, a half an inch up to a half an inch of the weep holes. Do I need to... Recut those or no? Can I ignore them? You just ignore it. And here's why you can get away with that: the brick line, the bottom of the brick, is typically an uh, inch and three quarters lower than the top of the slab, and so that half inch won't make any difference. Uh, there's a, like I said, there's a little step up to get to the top of the slab. So, and there's a, a gap behind the brick between the brick and the stud frame wall moisture goes through the brick it runs down on the back side and then comes out through the weep holes that's what they're actually for and if you put a, a half inch there it's still well below the top of the slab moisture can still get out no problem well you're saying that i i'm thinking this porch was poured at the same time as the slab of the house right and the brick is actually at the level of the back porch. So the weep holes goes right level with the back porch. Yeah, uh, the brick is, but when you come out the door, is there a step down? The, uh, there is. There is. Yeah. So that, that tells me the slab inside is higher, and that's normal. The first brick, okay. typically, the fir typically the first brick is at least half or three-quarters of it below the top of the slab. Okay. All right. Yeah, they, I appreciate they, what, what they do is when they're pouring a slab... Uh, there's a two-by-four laid on its side that's put uh, on the forms at the top. And so when they pull the forms and everything, there's a little notch out for the brick. Okay. All right. I understand right. now. Okay. Right, thank you very much. You bet, Steve. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Now, for everybody listening about weep holes, do not plug them up. A lot of times people think that's where bugs are getting in their house and stuff. That's You can plug them up all day long. The bugs are still going to get in because, quite frankly, if you go up to the top, that board that's over the top of the brick, 
is called a freeze board. They can all go up over that and, and down inside. No big deal for them. Uh, the brick is just a veneer. The 2x4 stud walls inside the brick is what's actually the support and structure of the house. That's the skeleton of the house. The brick, you knock it off the house and the house still stands. But the whole purpose of those weep holes is to allow moisture to escape out. The reason I'm saying that putting the tile down is not going to make any big difference is he's not plugging the weep holes. Granted, it's going to leave a little half-inch puddle at the bottom where the water can't run out, but it's still not going to get high enough to go inside onto the floors, and that's what you're trying to avoid. Uh, and again, if your home doesn't have weep holes, it's supposed to. All of them, if you got a brick veneer home, are supposed to. The only place that doesn't shouldn't have weep holes is if it's a true brick home. And they there there's just you're gonna be talking about it an old, old, old home if it's true brick. And a true brick home has an outside layer of brick and an inside layer of brick. Even there, there's a dead air space between the two layers of brick. Finish up on that email question. He says, you mentioned a couple weeks ago a darker shingle helps the heat control, particularly in summer. Thanks. I'm a regular listener. Appreciate your knowledge and advice. Stay safe, Barry. Well, Barry, here's the deal with shingle colors. A light-colored shingle will help during the day because it reflects the heat better than a dark-colored shingle. However, once the sun goes down, the dark-color shingle releases the heat faster than a light-colored shingle. So it kind of really depends on when you're going to be in the house. Typically, most of us are only at the house come evening time, so we'd like that heat to be released a little bit faster. Right now, we happen to, a lot of us, be home during the day when you know the sun is absorbing and, and all that. Honestly, with today's insulation properties and radiant barriers and all the stuff that's available... Put whatever you want to look at up there on that roof that makes your house aesthetically the way you want it to look, and you'll be just fine. This is an excellent time for you, since the kids are home as well, to use this as kind of a shop time to start teaching the kids about remodeling and home improvement issues and stuff like that. It always still goes back in my head. My daughter, uh, she never understood why I would make her learn certain things at the house and she went off to college and they would start having problems with issues at, at, at the, the dorms and stuff and she could fix the toilet she could do all these things that even the guys at the college couldn't do and then she realized why I taught her the things I did and it's one of those things we don't do shop class enough in in school anymore we as parents need to teach the kids. I think we need to be bringing shop class back and teach basic electric and woodworking and welding and all the stuff that you know we had when we were younger, but uh, that, that's that's going down a different path. And, and I will say this, you don't have to go to college to make a good living nowadays. The trades make some serious money. So if you want to be in air conditioning, plumbing, things like that, you can make some serious money doing these jobs and be outside and and you know have have a great life college isn't for everybody 
So we ought to be giving our kids the options to learn these other things and let them decide what they ultimately want to do with their lives. Anyways, that's just the world according to Jim. As my wife would put it, I live in my own little world sometimes. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.